Thanks for tuning in on this Friday, WTM Channel. I am Steve. We have a special, special guest. I'm looking forward to this conversation all week. He is a retired U.S. Navy Rear, Rear Admiral Mike Smith joining us in the studio. Welcome. Thanks, Steve. Well, I'm really happy to be here. So I read some of your resume earlier. One of the reasons I, I'm excited about the interview is because I like people who have done things, accomplished things in their life, and, and just some of the stuff that you've been involved in. I'm going to let you give us like the 60-minute the kind of recap, the things you think are important, because you have served at the highest levels of this, of our country. You've represented our country in the military. And you're doing something else now, and we'll get to that. But just talk a little bit about your background as we kind of preface what we're going to talk about today. Well, Steve, I was a ship driver, so I commanded a, uh, a destroyer. Ended up commanding a group of destroyers. In my final command, I had the aircraft carrier strike group. So it was the aircraft carrier, the 80 planes, all the ships and stuff, about 8,000 people. That was certainly the highlight of, of my career. Um, but you're right. I did just stumble upon a couple of jobs where suddenly I was, you know, working for very senior people in, in our government. And I was able to really see how decisions were made at the very highest level. Uh, and it was very insightful. Uh, actually, it sort of informs my perspective on what we're doing today as well. So I've asked people in the military, who served in the military, active members, this question. What was the the motivation to be someone who wanted to devote their life to military service like for you? Uh, for me, it really was uh, a love of country. Uh, I liked the idea of service. I, I believed that I was very fortunate in life. My father was in the Navy as well, so certainly I was introduced to that. But it was always inbred in me that, you know, you, you owe your country some service. And then when I got there, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I got a lot of self-worth out of serving with a bunch of patriots. And, you know, and, and the great thing about the military is, Everyone has that that common uh, bond. You know, it's a service to country. It's not political. There's no partisanship. It's just serving your country, and uh, that's really what kept me going. So that's a great segue to what we're going to talk about, and and that's your founding of a group called the National Security Leaders, and it's a nonpartisan advocacy organization. Correct. Correct. And bipartisan. Yeah, bipartisan yeah. as well, which is yeah. frankly we need more of. Um, it's got 1,100 former. Republicans, Democrats, independents, senior national security people involved in this organization. Yeah, highest we, level, highest level of people. Our our members, uh, and we're we that that's the peak. We're we re- rebuilding back to that number. But yes, they're they're all retired admirals, generals, former ambassadors, cabinet secretaries on down, and uh, and they're all dedicated to to one thing, and that is you know they see a threat to democracy. So that's what that's my next question. Why did you found this group? We found this group because at the end of the day, Donald Trump is an existential threat to the future of our democracy. And all of us see that. And, you know, it, the, the tradition, and again, I saw that when I worked for the chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff. And I'm in his office, and he's looking at the, the TV, and there's some retired admiral speaking, and they don't like that. The, the culture is don't do that. Me, all of our members... We think this is different. The situation we're in today demands that we walk away from that antiquated uh, tradition, and we have to defend our country. Do you think the former President Donald Trump, candidate for the Republican nomination in 2024, has any respect at all for the U.S. military? I do not. I do not. I think now that you're hearing the comments he made that are coming from credible sources that were right there with him, no, it's just a prop to him. It's the flag on the stage that, that he that he hugs to, to get the 
ad- adulation of the fan of the audience, but you know, I don't think he has any uh, respect at all. What do you say to people who say that former military leaders, experts in that area, should stay out of politics? Because that that's a, a, a question I get a lot. Like, why why would why should they be chiming in? They should just support who was ever in charge. Well, certainly active duty must. And I think for many years that was a that was a fine tradition uh, because a, an election was about policies. The different policies one party had versus the policies another party had. Military doesn't need to get involved in this, but we're not there today. Donald Trump is this is a guy that talked about suspending the Constitution. You know, he has completely betrayed his oath. And he betrayed the Constitution when he tried to undermine free elections. But his staff told him he had lost. He knew he'd lost, but he'd lied to the American people. Tomorrow is the third anniversary of January 6th, a date that I, I, I think will live in our history certainly forever. But it's, it's a distinct benchmark for where we've sort of lost control of our democracy, right? We've lost the ability to act reasonably and responsibly when it comes to our reaction to elections. Certainly you talked about Donald Trump not accepting the results of the elections. Is that the benchmark? Is that the the moments when you said to yourself, this is this is nuts. We cannot allow this to happen again. It was. I mean, we really thought we'd be done by by helping our small part in defeating Trump. Uh, but then all these unfounded lies about the free and fair elections that, that went to court, and there's absolutely nothing there, combined with what you saw that day. Anybody watching the the mobs storming the Capitol, beating police, breaking windows, it was like, all right, we've got to stick around. We this is you know unless until we know that Trump is off out of the picture, we had to stick around. Retired. Navy Rear Admiral Michael Smith joining us on WTMJ. Now, I remember my reaction that day. I couldn't believe it. I had done the show, went home, and this stuff started to unfold on my TV. I was watching multiple networks, as I often do. I could not believe that in our country of all places, this was happening. The interesting thing about that day, that is even some of the diehard Trump supporters of today were calling out the president on that day for that behavior. What changed? Their self-interest and there, at the end of the day, they made a calculus. They'd rather be in power than tell the truth. So all those politicians who were scared that day, all those politicians who who felt that real fear by the by three days later, they're like, well, okay, you know what? I want to stay in power. And suddenly they were forgetting. Suddenly McCarthy McCarthy's going down to Mar-a-Lago and and kissing the ring. Uh, it's reprehensible. You can't forget what happened. We have to play that over and over. And now we're finding out that you know what. That was just one prong of this multi-pronged strategy to overturn elections. You're reading about these fake electors uh, that they had put together that your your senator tried to get a hold of the vice president at the time to get the fake elector ballots to him. I mean, it wasn't just one thing. This was a concerted effort to overthrow the will of the people. It's reprehensible. Somebody asked on the text line, why did you choose to come to Wisconsin? Because you can go any place. Because Wisconsin matters. You know, you are the tipping point state. You know, where Wisconsin voters go is where the country's going to go. And we've got to get and connect to the people and get them to paying attention. 
Retired Navy Rear Admiral Michael Smith joining us in studio. We're going to take a break here. I've got a lot, a lot more questions. And then uh, we're going to have our, our typical 9 o'clock hour at 10 o'clock today. Joe Zapecki, Bill McCashin talking politics. And I'm, sure, I'm certain they'll comment on your thoughts as well. We'll take a break here. Lots more to get to. Join us on WTMJ. Thanks for tuning in on this Friday, WTMJ Now. Uh, don't, f- don't forget the uh, Political Power Hour with Joe Zapecki, Bill Makashi, coming up at 10 o'clock, special time just for this Friday. We have a special guest today, retired Navy Rear Admiral Michael Smith, joining us in studio. So a lot of people will, on the text line are, are of two sides. This is, you know, we're a 50-50 country, where the state is 50-50. Uh, somebody said you're a warrior, warrior for democracy. Somebody says you want to you kind of blow up. Donald Trump's candidacy, when I think you do want to blow it up, because like a lot of people, we're worried about the ramifications of a second Trump term. He's had four years to stew and try to relive 2020's election, which he lost, which I've been very vocal about. As somebody who does this for a living, you're going around talking about the threats that are out there. What are your peers telling you? What are the voters telling you as you go around the country? You know, my my peers are a mixed bag. So the... uh there are absolutely those who, um, you know, who think that I should not be talking, uh, that that this is not a role for retired admirals and generals. My counter to that is you took an oath. You know, oaths don't expire. You said you were going to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign, which we've done a lot in our career, but domestic as well. No one ever paid attention to the domestic part because we just didn't see that as a horizon. But they have that oath and they will not answer that question. Do you think the members of the military, and this is speculation, mm. but, you know, we speculate a lot on this show and in life. Yeah. You think the members of the U.S. military get it like you get it? I do. I think that, uh, you know, and what we saw in 2020, that was that Donald Trump lost 2% of the overall vote. And that was the veteran support from 2016 to 2020. Uh, when you when and that's on average, if you average it all out, that it's two percent of the over two percent of the overall vote. So if you go to states like Wisconsin, they have a greater percentage of veterans. That's more than two percent, which I'm trying to tell the 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 campaigns that that's the that's that's the whole thing. You know, Georgia, oh, two percent of the vote shifting in Georgia is the victory. So I do believe that the polling is showing us that that people understand that Donald Trump's a threat. But most people just aren't paying attention. You know, you've gone three years now where they're raising their families, they're going to work. Unlike you and I, they're not paying attention to politics but five or ten minutes a week. We've got to now get them up, let them see the threat, and and get them to pay attention. Donald Trump got 70 million votes last time. He didn't win the election, but he got 7 million votes, roughly. We all have friends, family, neighbors who still support Donald Trump. What would you say to those people? Some of them are God-fearing, tax-paying, good, decent, honest people who want to vote for Donald Trump because they like it because he's different. What do you say to those folks? You know, they're my friends. Yeah, they're people I served with for 32 years. Again, you never talked politics when you're next to them. I got out, and people are like, I didn't know that you didn't like Donald Trump type of thing. Uh, I tell you that there's more than your pocketbook. I know that the... the that you like that the taxes were lowered. I know that you like that theoretically the economy did better, although, you know, Joe Biden is doing fantastic. At the end of the day, it has to be more than that. It's about the future of democracy. This is a guy who said, maybe I should suspend the Constitution. At what point does your pocketbook 
or the future of the country, which one is first? And people need to make that decision. Do you think voters are willing to say to Donald Trump, because the voting starts in, what, 10 days or less uh, in Iowa and then New Hampshire and then other states after that. Do you think voters are willing to say in their minds, Republican voters, you know what, I don't trust them. I'm going to vote for Nikki Haley or Chris Christie or Ron DeSantis. Do you think voters are willing to do that? Well, I I think the majority of the Republican Party is. If you look at the – he's got that locked in 33% uh, that will vote for Trump no matter what. So as long as the Republican Party has multiple candidates, he's going to win. If they all decide, okay, we'll step out and it's just one person against Trump, the majority of the Republicans have had enough of him. Uh, But but he's winning because they're not doing that. You think Donald Trump has basic knowledge of how the world works? As a, as a former president, does he have basic knowledge? Because I'm not sure that he does. I think he knows some of the leaders' names. I don't think he knows where some of the countries are on the map or the, or the globe. And I don't think he has a real perception of, of the history of relationships in the Middle East, in Europe, China. I don't think he has any of that. Absolutely not. I mean, his comments that he, that he took to NATO, the actions he would do with our closest allies, that... In fact, look what's happening with with Europe now with the Ukraine. I mean, he was willing to completely walk away from that because so, he has no uh, no appreciation, no understanding, no value to what what allies can bring to to the United States. It's what they can do for Donald Trump. If you're Saudi Arabia and you're going to give me millions of dollars and and invest in my hotels, great. I'll go to to your country and I'll swing your swords. But if you're just here talking about how together we can do stuff, it's not transactional. Are you worried? You mentioned Ukraine. We have the Middle East, the war in Gaza, Israel, fighting Hamas, and, and now some other terrorist organizations. Uh, certainly our relationship with China strained and Russia. Are you worried that if he was put in that office once again, installed in 2025, who knows what might happen? I think he, because of this lack of knowledge you were talking about, because of his transactional nature, that he will, he is a threat to global security. I think we benefited in his first term that he surrounded himself with knowledgeable individuals who appreciated that. He had a, a Secretary of Defense with General Mattis who appreciated uh, allies, who understood the, the balance of, of, challenges on the world stage when he goes back if he goes back he's going to surround himself with people that are just yes men and they are going to do whatever he says and the guardrails will be off and that will impact global security retired navy rear admiral michael smith joining us in studio um we'll take a break here but i want to get to the bipartisan part of this because i think it's important your group is certainly bipartisan and, and has a lot of experience on 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 the military side of things, but also leaders, mm-hmm. and uh, a phrase I like to use a lot, thought leaders, as we approach the 2024, or 2024 election. Um, I want to talk about that, and, and a lot of people asking on the text line, how can they get involved? So we certainly want to give people that uh, those ideas and options. We'll do all of that after the break on WTMJ. Special half hour on the program today, the program WTMJ. Now thanks for tuning in or finding us in your busy, busy radio day. We are joined by retired Navy Rear Admiral Michael Smith, and we're talking about the Trump candidacy right now, and, and that's what it is. And I, I want to bring up the concept of bipartisanship, because I'm a big fan of that. I think that's how you, you actually can accomplish 
smart policy, get things done, work efficiently, which, by the way, saves taxpayers money. A lot of people don't think about that part of it. Yeah. How do you mix into, into this argument against Donald Trump the concept of bipartisanship? Because at the end of the day, the thing that unifies all of the senior leaders who've taken that oath to the Constitution is defending democracy. And that is a bipartisan effort. So we, we and all of them see that Trump is the greatest threat to that. So, you know, it's we have Republicans, we have independents, we have Democrats. We're not a Democratic Party organization. Uh, we will go and try and defeat anti-democratic candidates. You know, the example I always give is in the midterms was Georgia. Uh, Herschel Walker was an election denier and was an anti-democratic candidate. And we got involved in the Senate race. We did not get involved in the governor race because Governor Kemp is pro-democracy. He's not an election denier. We stayed out of that. We're not a party organization. We are focused on that one mission is to get rid of candidates who are anti-democratic. One of the things, the frustrations of doing a radio show, especially when it talks about politics, is the um, the lack of common sense and logic, which is kind of thrown to the side in defense of a political party or a insane idea that makes their party or their candidate look better. Does that frustrate you like it frustrates me? Because <laughs> it drives me nuts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so because of that partisanship on both sides and, the, and how it's gotten more extreme, you know, we're a small organization. You know, we're, we'll have a thousand folks when, when, hopefully when the election, general election comes along. We're just focusing on that middle. We're going to, to your point, we're going to bring a rational, reasoned, experienced discussion to that undecided voter in the middle to explain to them the threats that, that, that Donald Trump poses. Uh, and, and we're not going to get involved in the, the extremes of, of either side of the spectrum. We just want to go after the, the undecided vote. So you don't go as far as talking about policy. It's, it's mainly the, the opponents to democracy. Correct. It's from a perspective of, uh, you know, what policies. So if there are initiatives down ballot that are impacting voting rights. Give me an example. Voting rights. Okay. So if, if there's a, a ballot initiative that's going to make it harder to vote, then we oppose that. Uh, you know, again, the, we got involved in Secretary of State races in the midterms because those individuals that, that we helped defeat were, again, election deniers, and they're going to be in charge of an entire state's voting. Yeah, you see the, the list, the roster of people who decided they wanted to, to align themselves with, with, with people who were saying the election was stolen, rigged, denying the election results of 2020, even though court case after court case, you know, legal decisions all over the place stacked high, said none of this happened. Were there imperfections? Sure, every election has that. Absolutely. There's a, and there's a normal process to deal with that. So a lot of a lot of folks asking name of your organization how they can help whether that's with money whether that's in in other ways how can they help well so my organization is National Security Leaders for America it's www.nslforA.org um, and we would absolutely it's an all volunteer organization so we you know any donations would be would be more than welcome but I tell you what here in Wisconsin how you can help the most is get people to the polls you know yesterday we were involved in some some uh events with all voting matters uh, all voting local excuse me uh power to the polls even the uh League of American Vo- uh, voters, women voters women voters you know that that's how they can get involved. We've got to get people to the polls, and we've got to get people voting. 
Give me your closing statement. I got about 45 seconds to um, to all of those voters out there who are, are mulling over this decision. And right now it's it, it looks like Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Things can change. People still have to vote. What do you say to those voters? I say that you've got to look at Donald Trump's actions. He is an existential threat to democracy. And Donald Trump must be stopped. Powerful words from the retired U.S. Navy Rear Admiral Michael Smith. I appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk to us. Oh, thanks, Steve. Really appreciate you having me here. And I welcome you down the road.